one body with differentially abled parts, spoken by Pastor Shirley Yu. Last Sunday, Pastor Sunita shared about a great word on how, as a church, we are to share in devotion, vulnerability, compassion, and worship, based from Acts chapter 2, verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. God is leading us into a continual teaching of living out this devotion, vulnerability, compassion, and worship and pointing out the apostles' teaching that we are the body of Christ. This morning, I'll be sharing my story of my journey into our special needs ministry, then into today's passage in 1 Corinthians 12, emphasizing how we are the body of Christ. We are all differentially abled, and we need to show extra care and honor to our special needs families and friends with some practical steps of how we can do so. When I was in seminary, I was sitting in one of my classes, uh, listening to my professor lecture about Christian education like any other day, when I suddenly had a vision. Now, I don't get visions very often, okay? But when I got this vision, I knew it was special. It was like the soft, dreamy scene against the opaque walls and ceiling of the lecture hall when I saw Jesus holding up a child with cerebral palsy and dancing around like this, holding the child up. The child had a huge smile on his face. The Jesus had the biggest smile on his face ever. And there were children's, the sound of children's laughter, joyous laughter all around during this whole vision. And I'm seeing all this happen. And I'm just like, wow. Okay, much better than the lecture. Not just that, but that night, that very same night, I had a dream. And in my dream, I was getting married. Now, yes, I was in my you know, young 20s, but I wasn't even dating at the time. But I had this dream that I was getting married and my flower girl had Down syndrome. And she was so happy. She had a big smile on her face, so proud to be spreading the petals down the aisle as she's going down. And everybody in the pews, huge smiles on their faces. And then she stopped and she turned around and she looked at me. And I too had a big smile on my face. So I'm like, okay, God. <laughs> I have this vision in class that I normally don't have visions, right? And then I get this dream that same night. Okay, what are you telling me here, God? What are you having me do? So I didn't get a clear answer at the time. But as I look back, I realize that was just the beginning of what God had in store for me going forward. So what I did was I started to actively pursue things in serving persons with special needs. So, for example, um, as a seminary student, I need to complete field education work to finish up my seminary degree. And so I had an opportunity where I found a position to be the chaplain of adults with special needs at the Ark of Bergen and Passaic counties. So while I was at the Ark, 
I found also a paid position because as a chaplain, I don't get paid. <laughs> My reward's in heaven, right? But I did like to find a position also that could, where I can actually get paid too. So I found a position as the assistant director for an after-school program for children with autism where we took them swimming and rock climbing and gymnastics and music classes. I had a lot of fun with them. I had so much fun with the kids, but I also got to connect with the families. So one time uh, while a parent came to pick up her son, and so she was waiting and I was waiting with her, just kind of overlooking the program, and we just started talking and she asked me, so what do you do? So when I told her that I go to seminary, she got really excited and she was like, if you ever start a church and you have a church for my son who's autistic, I'll be there. And that was a huge conviction for me. That was a huge affirmation. I knew God was calling me into the field, so I continued to pursue my certification as a special education teacher. And I know I have a number of special ed teachers in the room. Woo-hoo! All right, all right. So I worked for Burton County Special Services as a teacher to teach children with special needs in the school system until I met my husband and we got married and started our own family and had two wonderful children, Ethan and Evelyn. I was a stay-at-home mom, which I will say is the toughest and most important job in the world, right? Moms, especially our moms with children with special needs. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen? amen, that's right. But I still knew that my journey with the special needs population was not over. While all this was happening, Pastor Peter called Evan and me to help start Metro with a few others. I started off as a children's pastor and served for 13 years. During this time, we had children with special needs come to our church. And I did the very best that I could to serve them and support them in any way, with also a few others. However, I knew that there was more to do. I knew that the demands were great. But being a full-time mom and doing, running the children's ministry that was growing rapidly, I just couldn't do anything more. Then, fast forward 13 years later, Pastor Peter, after spending time with a fellow pastor at a son with autism, came back and asked if I would start a special needs ministry at Metro. I took time to pray and to hear from God, but to be honest, it was a no-brainer. The number of children with special needs was growing Statistically, New Jersey has the highest rate of autism in the nation, one in 34 children. One in five people suffer from dyslexia. 5.4 million children have a current diagnosis of ADHD. Around 10,000 babies are born each year with cerebral palsy. The need is clear. And I felt like the vision God gave me back in my seminary class was finally coming to fruition. But Metro, this vision was not meant just for me. This vision was meant for all of us. His church, his body. 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, 18, 22 to 27 in the New Living Translation says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. First of all, the author of this book of 1 Corinthians is known to be Paul. Paul was heavily invested into the church at Corinth because he helped start it and therefore kept in close touch with them. It was like his baby. He wanted to see it grow in the midst of a broken society. You see, the city of Corinth was considered the chief city of Greece, a commercially prosperous city, kind of like New York City. Leon Morris, an Italian, I'm sorry, an Australian New Testament scholar, described this important city as intellectually alert, materially prosperous, and morally corrupt. There were divisions in the church due to differences in socioeconomic status, with some being wealthy and some being poor. And there were some internal conflicts due to division in, the, in leadership, including ideas about what food they can eat because a lot of the food was offered to idols. So Paul's mission in writing these letters to the church in Corinth was to help remind the Christian believers of the truth they believe in and how to live out their faith in such circumstances as one body, not a body divided. We are the body of Christ, the church unified. Amen. The body is one central entity created by God, as it says in verse 18. Our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it, to serve whatever purpose it was meant to serve. When we think about our body parts, we can acknowledge there are certain parts that are more dominant than others. For example, let's think about our pinky toe. No, I'm not gonna take my shoe off. <laughs> it is the smallest and weakest of all five toes. Still, like the other toes, it assists the foot while walking, jogging, standing. But more importantly, it's the pinky toe that keeps us balanced. Did you know that? Okay. Now. <laughs> Think about our hands. We pay a lot of attention to our hands because we eat with it. We do so much with it, right? But how much do we pay attention to the arm? If it wasn't for the arm, the hand would not be able to function as well. And how about the head? 
That's the central hub for our brain that makes everything work in our body. But do we think about our neck? Our head could not be upright without our neck to support it. What Paul is trying to remind us is that we overlook a lot of our body parts, but we actually can't. They are important parts of the body, and each part is necessary for the body to function as a whole. God has made us to be the body of Christ, not independent parts. Which brings us to our next point, that we are all differentially abled. Has anybody heard that term before? Okay. What does that mean? to be differentially abled. It means that we are all able to function, but we just function differently, including those with special needs. This is where we would explore our differences. Some of us are extroverts, and we find it easy to talk and connect with people. Some of us are introverts and dread being in a room with a large crowd of people. However, we all need each other. Can I get C by a raise of hands? How many of us are extroverts? All right. How many of us are introverts? Wow, yeah, a lot of introverts. I learned from this morning that about 70% of us are introverts. That's a big percentage. But we all need each other. We all need each other. So for those of you who may not know, I am an extrovert. And I like being around people. Being around people gives me energy. So when I was the children's pastor, there were some kids that were extremely shy around others. There was one particular child who was very shy, and he didn't like it when I approached him. <laughs> so the poor kid, because I'm like, hey, welcome to Metro Kids, come here. And the kid's like, oh my gosh, get her out away from me, you know, all freaked out. And um, so I realized this by his, re his reaction. So I was like, oh, maybe I need to chill it a little bit around him, right? So I had to give him his space. So he always had this one particular spot he liked to go to in the back of the room. And when he's there, he doesn't want to be talked to. He wants to be left alone, just wants to chill there. And he kind of sits and observes, takes everything in. So being the children's pastor, though, I felt bad. Like I didn't want him to be alone. I never wanted a child to be alone. So... There was a, one of our teachers um, who was very shy, very introverted, who really ministered to him. His name was Tony Yang. So Tony, uh, for those of you who may not know him, he's very introverted and very shy. But it was Tony that really ministered to this child. So as the children's pastor, I have to be up front leading things, right? I didn't have the time to sit there with this child until he felt a little bit more comfortable and loosened up and then joined the rest of the group. It was Tony that ministered to him and sat with him, right? And then they connected to each other without even saying much, barely said a word, but they smiled at each other, knew that they were there for each other, and that was the body of Christ at work. Some of us are musically inclined. Some of us are detail-oriented. Some of us are just happy people no matter what. Aren't these some great abilities to have in community? You know what? 
We have children in our church with special needs that have these exact abilities. Not a disability, an ability. Differential abilities. In fact, one child is so detail-oriented that his buddy and I joke around saying that he'll be a surgeon one day, and a very good one at that. But too often, we focus on how different they are from us, and then let that be a barrier for us to get to know them. We see the difference more than we see their abilities, more than their gifts. But if only we would open up our eyes, our attention, our hearts to see the body as a whole. As we remember that God made us all wonderfully, as he says in Psalm 139. That when we would be able to embrace each other with their giftings, no matter how different they may be, we grow together. Just because we function differently does not mean we do not need them as Paul points out in verse 21. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can say to the feet, I don't need you. Because we are the body of Christ and we are all differentially abled. That brings us to our thir my third point. We need to show extra honor and care to our special needs families and friends. In verse 22 to 27, it says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, how many parts suffer with it? All. And if one part is honored, how many parts are glad? All. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. God bless you. Paul challenges us to first wrap our minds around the fact that those that seem weakest and least important in our body of Christ are actually the most necessary. So we need to carefully protect them. When we think about someone who is weaker, society teaches us to think of them as a burden. However, we as Christians need to tap into the Holy Spirit within us in his truth, to remember what God tells us plainly in verse 22, that they are actually the most necessary. We need people who are weaker to bring us down from our prideful mentalities. I met a young man named David at a church I was visiting to explore their respite night which is a night when parents can drop off their kids with special needs so they can take a break or go out on a date night. So I met David, who was born with a brain injury and therefore cannot speak words. He has most function of his body, um, but he cannot speak. But he is very expressive. So as soon as I saw him, he was going around, because he comes regularly when they have their respite nights, he was going around and giving everybody hugs and saying hello and everything. 
And this was my first time meeting him, but he came over and he gave me a big hug too. So I was like, oh, that's so nice. So I'm receiving this hug from him. But you know, like when you hug somebody, there's like a certain like time, amount of time where you hug somebody, right? So this David, he was hugging me for quite a while, right? So I felt a little bit uncomfortable. I was kind of like, uh, okay, what do I do now? But then at that moment, God reminded me, hey, he's safe. It's okay. Receive my love through him. So at that point, my shoulders came down and I was like, all right, David, give me that hug. And he gave me this big, long hug. Um, after he um, hugged me, we were actually, um, we were there together um, as a big group, um, joining everybody else came to the, for the night and everything too. And there was one other child that was dropped off with seizure disorder. So um, I don't know if it was because of his seizures or what, but for most of the night, he was asleep. So there was like a chair there, like a nice comfortable chair, and they propped his head up and things like that so that his head doesn't droop over and um, make it too uncomfortable for him. But most of the night, he was sleeping. But towards the end of the night, the program was going to move upstairs, and so we were trying to wake him up. So all the volunteers were all there, the stronger ones were there, trying to wake him up so we could go upstairs. You know what David did? David was like, mm, 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 mm. And he pulled all of his volunteers together, right? All of us surrounding him, surrounding that one boy who was sleeping. And he was like, mm, 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 mm. So we're like, oh yeah, I guess we should pray. Thanks for the reminder, David. David saw the need with spiritual eyes. We were supposed to be the leaders. We're supposed to be the strong ones. But David saw the real need. So David brings us together to pray. And one of the uh, women that was, that's usually a buddy for David was like, okay, David, let's pray. And she was about to pray. But David was like, mm, 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 mm. So like, oh, okay, okay, David, you want to pray. Why don't you pray? So David's praying. And he's praying because he's nonverbal. He's praying, and I couldn't understand anything he was saying in his prayers. But I was like, God, I know that he has such a deep, close heart for you. Help me to understand by your Holy Spirit what he's saying. And then the minute I let that go, and the minute he, when he was continuing to pray, I just felt the Holy Spirit really speaking through him so powerfully on behalf of this brother. And even though I didn't understand what he was saying, because it wasn't physical words like we normally use, his prayer was so powerful. I learned how to pray through David. Is how many of us, we focus so much when we pray out loud, we focus so much on our words, what we say, right? David didn't care. He just knew that he was talking to his amazing father, and he just wants to talk to him because he loves him. And he knows that God loves him so much. So as he was praying, towards the end, he said, mm-mm. And so we're like, oh, okay, I think that means amen. <laughs> amen. Amen, David. 
after that, um, we did eventually get the other boy with the seizure disorder up, and we went upstairs for some praise time. So when we went upstairs, they played the music for the praise. And David, as soon as the song came on, the song, The Lion and the Lamb by Big Daddy Weave, that song came on. So the minute the song came on, David came right up front. And we're sitting in like a semicircle. And David went right up to the front. And he started worshiping God with all his body, singing this song. Our God is the lion, the lion of Judah. Every knee will bow before him. Every knee will bow before him. And when he was singing, it really was like an angel worshiping God. Because even though his life is hard, a lot of people don't understand him. A lot of people don't want to even approach him. He knows that he has a God that loves him. He knows that he has a God who's created him perfect just the way he is. Even if when we look at him, we don't see perfection in our own eyes. But God sees perfection. So he knows that. So he was worshiping God with all his might. Let me tell you, I learned from David that day how to worship God. He didn't care what other people were doing around him. He didn't care what other people may think. He just wanted to worship God. We need David. <laughs> I needed David. I needed David to show me how to pray. I needed David to show me how to worship. We all need David to show us how to worship. I hope one day... David could come to our church and lead us in worship. Because I guarantee you, this place will really look like heaven. Even some of the kids with special needs in our own church, they tend to jump around a lot. And while some of us may look at them like, huh, you know, that's kind of strange why they jump around a lot. It's okay to think that, by the way. It's normal. It's a normal reaction. It's fine. But let's not stay there. Because actually, when I see these kids jumping, sometimes like that, I think it's because they're excited to praise Jesus. So let's jump with them, right? Who cares? Jump with them and praise God together. You see, David and our children with special needs are the essential pinky toes of our body. They are the ones that keep us better balanced. We need to show extra honor and care to them because they actually have it more together in worshiping God than we do. On the flip side of these joyous times together is the harsh reality that our world is cruel. These precious children and adults who may be thought of as weak or as least important in society need our protection. They are bullied way too often. Sometimes we may see it and kind of turn the other way because we don't know what to do. But I hope and pray that we could pay attention. And you know what? When you see somebody getting bullied, how do you feel, right? Some of us may not have a typical disability, right? Some of us have experienced being bullied. And how does it make you feel, right? But at least some of us 
can express it with our words and tell somebody. A lot of these kids can't even tell somebody. So we have to be the ones to protect them. God tells us through Paul. This should make us really mad. When somebody's getting bullied, this should make us really mad. And I'm not one person who likes to be angry. But things like this, I'm happy that I'm mad. And you know what? We should all be mad and turn that anger into protective mode. Let Big Mama Bear come out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Protect them. Protect them. We need to carefully protect them and show them extra honor and care. And this is how we live out, verse 26, if one part suffers, who suffers with it? All. Because it affects us all, my brothers and sisters. I like to share a video clip of a movie called A Boy Called Poe, where a boy with autism is bullied so much at school that it pushes him to escape into his own imagination and draw away furthermore from the people around him. Let's watch. Oh, dinner time. There you go. Mac and cheese, please. Oh, we don't have mac and cheese today, buddy. This is peanut butter and jelly. Calcium's good girl. Boom! Poe, can you tell us what the capital city of Mississippi is? He's spaceman. The teacher asked you a question. We've all become quite concerned about Poe's declining situation. What's wrong with you, freak? He has autism. My son won't give me a hug, but that doesn't mean I love him any less. What if I can't do this, Ben? What I don't want you to do is to give up. There's a residential treatment center. You want me to put Poe in a home? What do you intend to do if your son continues to drift? He's moving somewhere in his mind. Some children, like Poe, drift and don't come back. If you want to, Poe, you can live here forever. Daddy's gonna have a really hard time lately. And you deserve the best, because you're a very special boy. Places your mind will take you, I can't even begin to imagine. What you need is a woman. Dad, this is Amy. Thanks for coming out here to talk to me. God grants blessings in mysterious ways. Do you ever wonder why Poe drifts? Yeah, I do. I wonder why he drifts. I wonder why he flaps his arms. I wonder if he'll ever get a girlfriend. I'm worried about my dad. He seems sad all the time. I just need you to tell me it's okay. Don't be afraid, Daddy. Don't be afraid of what now? Don't be afraid of me. If I was you, I'd keep my retarded kid on a leash. My dad's a wrestler. That's right. When I was like, boom, yeah! Give him a big punch, give him another one. So mad. <laughs> but did you hear what Poe said? Don't be afraid of me. I know they're different, but look around this room. We're all different. They may act differently, but so what?
we need to carefully protect and show extra honor and care. They didn't, it doesn't come out in the, um, in the movie trailer, um, but actually this movie too, it's on Netflix. For those of you, I know a lot of people have Netflix, so you can watch it on there. And I encourage you to watch it with your family, with your children. But in the movie, they show um, the one kid that was bullying him. Um, he rounds up a bunch of boys and they take Poe at the end of school. They beat him up and then they shove him into a locker. It was the janitor that found him in the locker. Can you imagine how Poe felt? It's not like he did anything wrong. He was just himself, the way God made him. But the boys were so close-minded. And I, I do wonder if they were afraid. Maybe they were afraid because he was so different. Maybe they were jealous because he didn't care what other people said or did and he just acted the way he wanted to act. I don't know, but what we need to do is we need to stand up for them, and we need to protect them, as God tells us to do so through Paul. When we live like this, we are being the body of Christ, living in deeper community with each other. So what can we do? First of all, we gotta tap into our God because our love is so limited. <laughs> Only God can really love deeply and lead us to love God deeply as the body of Christ. Let's pray for each other as the body of Christ. If you can't actually stop, if you're not comfortable to actually stop and pray with one of our special needs children, that's okay. I totally get it, I understand. But I hope you could start taking steps forward to start getting to know them. Start by saying hello, right? And they may not respond to you. If you, have, um, if you know about autism, their biggest uh, disability is really in their social interactions. So they may not even look at you if you call their name, right? So they might seem like they're ignoring you, but they're not ignoring you. A lot of the times, they do hear you, and they feel that you are showing care by saying hello. So say hello and pray with them. If, you can't, if you're not comfortable praying with a child, him or herself, you know, also, you know, like you would any other child, don't just suddenly go into like start praying with them, like introduce yourself, you know. Um, but if you're not comfortable with that, that's fine. You know, pray with the parents. You saw in the video clip too how hard it is for the parents. Pray with the parents. But I also challenge you all to think about prayer outside of the box, okay? So prayer is not always sitting down, folding our hands, closing our eyes. Maybe if the parents are walking with the child because they have to keep an eye on the child, we walk with them. Pray with our eyes open. Pray for them. Pray with them. And let them pray for you too. The child, right? If the child's jumping up and down like this, jump up and down with them and pray. You know, I know it probably looks kind of silly, but who cares, right? Who cares? Pray. They need prayers, and we need theirs. Let's do life together as a body of Christ. Invite each other out and into our own homes. If you're ambivalent about meeting up in your own home, that's okay. You can ask them where would be a good place to meet because the parents know what places are suitable for their child. Do you know how tough it is 
for these families with children with special needs to find a church. And then not just to find a church, but to get plugged in. It's hard enough for any random person, am I right? Many families have approached me in tears of being so thankful for having a special needs ministry where their children are welcomed. But if we do not welcome them and ignore them, they're gonna leave. And you know what? They're gonna leave and they probably won't find another church and they probably will remain isolated. Let's not let that happen. Let's be the body of Christ for them. Let's worship together as one body of Christ, which can include jumping with our special needs children or adults and say amen with them if they make noises during the worship service. One time I was at a conference with um, Johnny and Friends, which is an organization serving people with special needs. And during the message, there was a gentleman that just like periodically kept making noises, like uh, uh, during the service. And you know, it was distracting at first. And then I was like, I wonder what he's saying. And then I started paying attention. He was saying amen, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know, preachers up here, usually they like to hear affirmation from their congregation members, amen, you know, whatever, right? He was affirming the preacher, amen. <laughs> Let's say amen with them when they make noises. David and Juan had families that loved them. Families that loved them and brought them to church where they were welcomed by the body of Christ. And not just welcomed, but embraced weekly. They were encouraged in their worship and service weekly as the body of Christ. Now we have the opportunity to meet two Metro families with children with differential abilities and one of our buddies in our church who wanted to share with us. Let's watch. Say hi first. Say hi, say hi. Say hi to say Pastor hi. Shirley. Hi. 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 Can we say hi? She say hello. Say hello. Say hello. God bless you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Hallie was born premature. She had heart surgery. She had intestinal surgery. She spent five months in the NICU. She was very sick. And God did deliver her from death. He healed her and she was able to come home with us. And I thought, well, we're, we're in, we're, that's it. You know, we're safe. She's okay. She's going to grow up. Everything's going to be fine. And then we noticed that there was delays. She wasn't smiling for pictures. She was losing words at two. And I fought for a diagnosis and they said, that she was on the autism spectrum, that she has PDD, pervasive developmental disorder. Caleb is diagnosed with autism. He's nonverbal currently. He was diagnosed when he was three years old. Hey, back in she teaches us a lot about, like she, because, because she's not neurotypical, she doesn't process or learn things the way that you and I learn things or, understand things. She teaches us to see things differently. So whether it's driving in the car with all the windows down and he's smiling and jumping up and down like he was today, those are kind of the things that we often take for granted, but for Caleb it's such a highlight. And because he's so happy, we feed off his happiness of the ordinary. Yeah. 
I was sharing with Pastor Shirley, Pastor Sunita said, you know, there should be no need in the church. And, you know, there have been many times when we felt alone. And even Ali says, friends are coming, but there's no friends that are coming. And I think she wants to have those relationships with friends. And she wants people to accept her and she wants to have playdates. We're not the only ones going through the hardships as well as the blessings of having a, a child on the spectrum. It goes, goes to show it's encouraging. It's a real blessing because we're not the only ones on this journey alone. And it's good to know that there are other families that we can take this journey with. I think it's important for especially the special needs community to, to socialize because that's where they're lacking. I am Susan. I am a buddy for a child with special needs at Metro Community Church. A buddy is a buddy. Uh, we just hang out with our uh, children and help them if they ever need help. But really, we just kind of let them do their thing and um, just assist whenever it's needed. But yeah, for the most part, we hang out and we have fun. I just want to say that I just want like more people to treat him the way he would want to be treated because I see kids at parks just staring at him in a bad way and I wouldn't like that so I'd have to like stare at them back <laughs> just to protect my little brother because I want him to be safe and have a role that he loves. I just saw that there was this like need for, I don't know, a little more attention or maybe a little more love that they would kind of benefit from having somebody next to them, one person that could focus on their individual needs. We can go even so far as to say Metro has been a second family for us and uh, we're very grateful for that. Uh, my children are all, all three of them actually are growing up in this place and uh, every Sunday we look forward to coming here to Metro. Being a buddy definitely transformed my own relationship with Jesus because it showed me how, uh, I guess, a different way to approach God. Because I think I'm very independent and self-sufficient like many of us. And with my buddy, I realized asking for help or you know, needing help is not a weakness or a bad thing. So one of my favorite things about my buddy is when he asks me for help because he can do so many things well on his own and he doesn't need me for a lot of things. But when he asks for help, I don't look at that as a limitation or a weakness, but an invitation to join him in whatever he's doing and that brings me so much joy. I always thought of Noah as my buddy too because I don't know, he's, he, I look forward to seeing him at church. He's excited to see me, he's like my buddy. So I've always just thought of him as a buddy. I never thought of him as anything else. The church has like provided everything and I, I think it's doing a good job handling yeah. Caleb. Definitely. Sometimes being a special needs child and being a special needs parent can be lonely. When we pray at night, she always prays for Pastor Betty, Pastor Shirley. She remembers everyone, Miss Lori. So everyone that has touched her, she she always says, let's go see Sumi, Sumi. So she remembers everyone that has touched her. She thinks, 
They, everyone has touched her and they remain with her. Having Metro as a church, as a community, has been a great blessing to my family and myself as well. It taught me to grow, it taught me to be patient. It challenged me every day, uh, hearing the word of uh, Pastor Peter and Pastor Kevin and Pastor Doug, uh, a great congregation that we do have. Um, and it's good to know that we're not alone. We're, we're actually one big happy family. We're not perfect individuals, but definitely by any stretch of imagination, but this is what we are. We're, we're broken people, broken individuals who come at the feet of Christ. And uh, here we are uh, sharing our, our experience and our, our blessings and our hardships uh, to the Metro family, and we're very blessed by that. Can we give a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you to the Daladado family. Thank you, Susana family. Thank you, Susan. Did you hear the one sister where she says she wants there to be a world that her brother wants to be in? That's what God wants. I hope that's what we all want for each other, but especially for the children and families with special needs. And Allie prays for me. I mean, seriously? She prays for me. And, you know, no need to feel shame or whatever for you guys, but, like, how many of you guys pray for me? You know? <laughs> Allie, I love you. I love you. Allie prays for me. You get to know her. She's going to pray for you, too. She's not going to forget you. She's going to remember you and pray for you. She may not tell you that she is. Sib Charles, the program manager of Johnny and Friends, who has a husband who is a quadriplegic after falling off a tree as a teenager and was paralyzed from the neck down. Sib Charles shared that life with a disability is harder, but not worse. Harder, but not worse. Let's be the body of Christ where we can go through the hardships of life together, which helps redeem the hardships. Hardships are not taken away because that is not what God has promised us. But what he did promise us is that he is with us and will never forsake us as we go through them together. That's why he gave us the body of Christ. Let us therefore not forsake our children or adults with differential abilities. Jesus commands us from John 13, 34b to 35, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. If I may just say um, real quick, one time when I was a buddy for Allie, um, we were taking her around to the youth group ministry. Hoot hoot youth group, yeah. When I brought her around, there were some of you young ladies sitting around um, getting ready to practice for the praise time. And when she came over, you girls didn't even hesitate and you said hello. And one of you even made a comment on her shirt. 
she was wearing a Spider-Man shirt. And you're like, oh, I like your shirt. And it, even though it seemed like she may not have completely understand, she may not be totally paying attention, she paid attention. She was like, I like my shirt. She connected, right? You complimented her. How many compliments do you think she gets in a day? And then after you girls were so nice to her, said hello to her and everything, when we were leaving, because she, you know, she didn't want to stay the whole time. Sitting for a long time is hard for a lot of us, right? So I, she wanted to go for a little walk. But as we were walking out of that room after that time, you know what she said? She said, I like girls. I like girls. I want to say thank you. And it's not because I told you to say hello or anything like that. You just paid attention to God's heart and you showed his love to her. But I do challenge you. I hope that it can go beyond that even. Hang out with her sometime, you know? I hope so. This is how we love one another as Christ loves the church. It's no coincidence that Paul writes about being one body of Christ in chapter 12 and then goes into chapter 13 on love as he concludes chapter 12 with verse 31b. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Metro, we call ourselves a church for the misfits, the church for the least, the last, and the lost. Let's really live this out together for our special needs community. And I guarantee you, just as it happened in the early church, as written in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. Let's live out transformation because we are the body of Christ. We are all differentially abled and we need to show extra honor and care to our special needs families and friends. Let's pray. God, you are so great. You are so creative, God, in the way you've made all of us. God, thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, God. Help us, Lord, because sometimes we see things through our human eyes and we forget that. And then we judge people and then we put up barriers with people, especially people with special needs. And God, thank you for today that we could start this journey of breaking down those barriers, God, because you've never meant those barriers to be there. You've meant for all of us to be the one body. And God, thank you for your challenge. Thank you, God, because when we continue in this direction, God, we are going to grow so much closer to you and our life will be transformed that we could never even imagine. God, thank you so much for modeling this for us, for stirring within our hearts, God, for knowing that we have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is working and alive, God. Thank you so much for stirring within us. Help us to just pay attention. Help us to listen. And not just to listen, but then also to act. 
in sharing your love with each other because we all need more and more of your love every day, more and more of your grace and mercy every day. Thank you, God. You are great. Thank you for this community, for this church, for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for our families with special needs, God. Thank you for the beautiful, beautiful children. In Jesus' awesome name we pray. Amen. Um, let's go over through some let next steps. Um, if you have your bulletin or if you have the app on your phone, um, please take those out. First one, I am committing my life to Jesus for the first time. If you don't know Jesus yet, or you haven't made that commitment, I really hope and pray that you make that commitment today. Life's too short, and I guarantee you won't regret it. And then you have a community to live and grow with, go through hardships together. Please send me more info about serving in the special needs ministry. Um, we do have a table set up outside by our wonderful volunteers and families. Thank you so much. Looks amazing with the colorful pastel balloons. Um, please come check us out. We have more information there and some sign-up sheets. We have a respite night coming up in November where the parents can drop off their children and go out and have a date night. There was one family I spoke to that said they haven't had a date night in four years. They haven't been alone, just the two of them in four years. So please, come on out, help us out with the respite night so these parents can go off and have a date night, have a break. Um, if you want to be a buddy, as Susan demonstrated for us, we have a sign-up sheet for a buddy. If you want to just be trained more, to learn more, I'm happy to do that. Please sign up out there. I will connect with a family or a child with special needs. I really hope you do that. Start with saying hello. You know, and if they ignore you again, you know, hopefully you could get over that and just continue to say hello. And then eventually you keep saying that and they will start paying attention. These probably will start showing you some more attention. Please sign me up for the partnership class on December 9th. Um, for those of you who signed up last week, thank you for signing up. Unfortunately, we had some um, technical difficulties. So we're asking if you could sign up again this Sunday, today, uh, for the partnership on December 9th. Last, I will read Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 26 before next Sunday. Let God's word permeate and prepare you um, for the word that will be shared here as a community next Sunday. 